The reading is taken from Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 to 22. Crossing the Sea When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they faced war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt, ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Sukkot, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Thanks be to God for the reading of his word. Amen. It's nice to see you, <coughs> see you all this morning and... Uh, good to be back again. Um, I want to say that in spite of all the difficulties that we're all facing at the moment, and they are difficulties for some, particularly those that live on their own, that this is the greatest day you ever lived. This is the greatest day you ever lived, because yesterday has gone and tomorrow hasn't come yet. This is all we have. This is today, the day that the Lord has made. Listen to Matthew chapter 4, verse 16. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. Shall we pray? Living God, we thank and praise you that your people are secure in you. And through you we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Holy Spirit, come amongst your people this morning. Speak to each one of us. Give us inner ears to hear your voice, the still, small voice speaking to each one of us in Jesus' name. Life is a journey, right from the beginning to the end. It goes in seasons, there are different stages in our life and in our <coughs> development as people and as people of God. And for the people of God, the uh, walk or direction that we're going is always written in God's book. 
He has a <coughs> blueprint in heaven for each one of us and he guides us and directs us. And there's nothing more important in life than knowing God and doing the will of God and having God in the centre of our lives. I want to talk about the importance of a journey with God. Why did Jesus have to be born in Bethlehem? Mary and Joseph had to travel to Bethlehem because of a census that the Caesar Augustus had imposed on all the Roman Empire. And Joseph and Mary, having got to Jerusalem, we all know the story of Jesus being uh, <coughs> to Bethlehem, all know the story of Jesus being born in the manger. Why is it that God wanted Joseph and Mary to be in Bethlehem? All they knew that they was going to Bethlehem to sign up for the census. And often as we're going through our lives and doing what we do, often God will be working in our situation and we won't even know it because God works in mysterious ways. Often we can think that we're getting nowhere, we're going round in circles in our life, and it doesn't sort of come to any conclusion or to any benefit. But in that, God is working his purposes out. Bethlehem means house of bread. Bethhouse means bread. Bread was used in temple worship. It shows God's provision for Israel. It also shows Israel's thanks and praise for God's provision. And God does provide for his people. God will meet every need that we have. God wants faith if we trust him implicitly. He will provide for his people. God is faithful. He won't let us down. He will guide us and direct our lives. He will fulfill in you and me the purposes that we've been created for. And like I said, I think last time I was here, that um, each one of us is special in the sight of God, particularly his people. And I am talking this morning to the people of God. The wise men, or the Magi, came from the east. And nobody knows much about them, but some say they were astrologers. And others think that they may have been Jews that didn't come back from the, from the exile. They would have known the scriptures if they'd have been Jewish. They would have known all about the coming of Messiah. And they saw the star and they believed that Jesus was about to come, Messiah. They actually travelled thousands of miles to get to Bethlehem. Thousands of miles. And that begs the question, how far would we be prepared to travel to worship Jesus? How far? And they were travelling thousands of miles to welcome Messiah 
and praise him. And wise men today still seek Jesus. Wise men today still seek Jesus. When I was asked to speak this morning, God dropped something in my heart concerning today. And it, <clears throat> it hasn't gone. I've had a difficult time preparing myself for this morning. And I'm going to speak to God's people this morning, and particularly the people here at Boston. What God showed me was a group of people, of God's people coming forward towards me. And at the front, there was leadership. And as it went back, the, the people sort of spread it out. But they was all moving forward in unison, shoulder to shoulder, moving into something that God was leading them into. In verse 17 of our reading, we read, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Pharaoh let the people go. Pharaoh let the people go and used Moses to bring them out of Egypt. Now this to me is an illustration of Jesus setting us free. Jesus setting us free from slavery. Jesus bringing us into a relationship with God. <coughs> Redemption. Jesus redeemed us. We were set free from sin. And I know that I was set free from slavery of the things of the world. Not able to achieve much. Not able to cope with life. I was just a slave to sin. And the Apostle Paul says, I was a slave to sin. But Jesus came to save and to seek those that were lost. Jesus came to set prisoners free. Jesus came to, save, to set slaves free. He came to bring the kingdom of God. He came, with the, with the, he came to die and to die in our place. In Bible days, if someone was skint, that's one way of putting it, and was in a desperate situation and had nothing, uh, they would have to go into the marketplace and stand on a box. And they would have some kind of sign on them for sale. And people would come along and look at these people standing on a box offering themselves to be bought. Then someone would buy them if they felt the slave was uh, going to meet their benefits or worthy of buying. But this is an illustration again of Jesus coming into the world and dying for us to pay the price of our death and he bought us with his blood. He redeemed us as uh, opposed to a slave or like a slave being bought in the marketplace. We're no longer our own. We belong to him. 
God's people belong to Jesus. He bought us with a price and is <coughs> in the centre of our lives wanting us to sort of hear his voice and walking his in his direction. Moving on together, Pharaoh let the people go. Freed from slavery to start a journey and Jesus sets us free. The journey also begins for God's people in 2021. Where are we going in spite of all the difficulties that's going on around us? I think the other week I shared something about coming out of a bubble and moving out into where God wants us to, to, <coughs> to be led. And I think God is wanting us to come out of the past and come into the future, being set free to find God's purpose for us in 2021. Now this is going to create many, many opportunities for the church concerning the coming months with the codex and the pandemic. I believe that God is shaking the nations. God is moving something. God's purposes are being fulfilled. And we can read all about the development of that in Matthew chapter 24. The various stages that God's going to impose or allow to happen in the world as we know it. And so God is shaking. When we look back to the 1950s, we can see a development of the secularisation of our nation. All the different laws that have been passed in the Parliament and all the Ten Commandments have been broken. We've become a secular nation. God is something of the past. We don't do God anymore. And God isn't happy. I, don't, I can't find words to explain how God feels. But we've, I believe we've come to the place where God wants to break everything down and bring us back to God. What will it take for the nation to humble themselves and cry out to God, help me Lord, I can't go any further on my own. What's happening? Is this the end of the world? And what's it all about? And God wants to bring us to a place where we'll repent and turn to him. And I believe that that journey presents opportunities for God's people, the church. God wants us to rise up and shine and let your light shine to the world. And there are many opportunities out there to reach people now because people can't cope in spite of all the difficulties that the pandemic is causing. Mental problems, drink problems, they're lost. And we can go to them and God will show ways of how to reach these people. I was looking at the news on the television a few, couple of weeks ago. Blank, uh, Burnley in Lancashire. I'm sure some of you might have seen that. People standing in the streets praying together with um, ministers or 
clergy out in the street because they got nothing. They would come to the, the end of themselves. There's no money, no food. And these um, ministers were feeding them, taking parcels out to these people that had got nothing. There are many, many ways that the church can go out and help people and work together. Although we're not very <coughs> young anymore, there are ways that we can communicate with people. Get out the bubble and start to be able to believe how we can meet people in our parishes and touch people's lives. If our lives are shining, our eyes shine for the light has come, then they're going to see something within God's people that they want. And this is the answer for the, for the problems that are developing at the moment. The way ahead. God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. God always leads us in the right way. And often we don't realise that. He always leads in the right way and we don't realise it until we get to a place where we look back and we say, thank you Lord for bringing me the way I am. Thank you Lord for doing it your way. I didn't see that. We look back and we see God's plan. But we move by faith. We walk by faith. No shortcuts with God. My experience over 40 years is that God takes, took me round and round in various circles. I've had eight places where I've lived in 40 years. And often someone said, John, if you're going to serve God, keep your, keep your belongings small because you might have to get up and move on. Preparing to move on where God places us. God first and me last. No shortcuts with God. We've got to go through the pain if it comes to that and the difficulties because God is working in our lives and he uses difficulties to bring us through to be the people that he wants. And even though we are <coughs> getting on in years, a lot of us, particularly at Barton, we can pray. We can pray and intercede. We can have a group of several groups of even of, of people praying for those people out there and praying for ourselves. God does change things when we pray and our prayers will be answered if we pray in faith. So much opportunity for the coming year. How do we work together? What's God's agenda? Lord, speak to us. Let Lord, I want to hear where you're leading us. We want to be people of fruitfulness. We want to see fruit that will remain. Lord, lead us, guide us. We face an unseen enemy who wants to stop the church and the people of God from doing the, the will and purposes of God in our nation. If they face war, 
they might change their minds to turn back to Egypt. Now I can relate to that because when I was a young Christian and wanting to uh, serve God and move in God's ways and come out of the darkness where I was, often the difficulties come straight away. And we want to give up and turn back and go back to where we was. We don't want to move. And that is the enemy coming in to stop the purposes of God. And he will work in different ways. As soon as we become a child of God, we enter a war. It's a spiritual war that we're in. It's not physical, it's spiritual circumstances that cause all the difficulties and problems. We need to be wise. We need God's wisdom in all that we do, in all our planning, in all, in all that we, God wants us to do. We need to hear his voice and we need to recognise where the powers of darkness are coming in to hinder what God wants us to do. And it's all a case of prayer, waiting on God and letting him lead us as we're willing to trust him. All Christians are in a war zone. An unseen enemy who attacks us in our minds. The mind is the battlefield. He will get us opposing one another. But God wants us to be unified and move together as an army of God. From the, from the church out, from the church out, and let people see the light of the truth of God in our lives and the love of God. You know, God is love, they say. And if we're close to God, then that love in us will touch other people's lives. We need wisdom. We're not spiritual scalp hunters, but we're going out to love people in any way that we can to reach them. And we've all got friends, like I said last time, friends, relations. Stand up and be faith. Stand up in the truth. You know, it's one thing to be in church on Sunday and then go out into the world and be something else. It's 24 hours walking in the presence of God. God was leading them. Hallelujah. God leads us. Doesn't make mistakes. In verse 21, by, the day, <coughs> by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud. This is verse 21. To guide them on their way. And by night... <coughs> in a pillar of fire <clears throat> to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Now we could travel by day or night because we have the Holy Spirit now. The Holy Spirit will guide us and direct our paths and free us from the past, free us from the mind that used to be negative and attacked by these powers that want to stop us being the child and, purpose, and do the purposes of God. God guided them as a fire and a cloud and God will guide us 
by his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here now. God, the Holy Spirit is here now. And he's walking up and down. Jesus is in this place. He's here now. The Holy Spirit is not a vague influence (coughs) or a mystic idea or a ghost. People often talk about the Holy Ghost. He's not a ghost. He's not a a mythic idea of power out there that comes and out, floats around now and again. He has personality attributes. He is a person. And when he comes into our lives, we know that within us is a person of the Holy Spirit. And that presence of the Holy Spirit within us will keep us strong in God because we know that Jesus is filling our lives by his Holy Spirit. He will speak to us, he will guide us, he will tell us where to go and where not to go. He will tell us when to speak and when to shut up. He will guide us, he will put thoughts in our mind. It's surrendering our own lives and allowing the personality of the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and into the church. He has intellect, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. He has intellect. He searches our hearts and knows our mind. Even what we're thinking, and even before we start thinking, he knows what we're going to say. I know that I couldn't have done what I've done for the Lord without the Holy Spirit. I know that God turned my life upside down in a flat where I was living at the time and I became a different man. A person I used to knock about with and go drinking and doing all kinds of stuff came to the door the following morning after this happened to me on March the 14th, 1979. But I'd actually been born a Christian again in 1972 in a Salvation Army. It took me seven years to come to a place where I was willing to let go because I was completely broken. A few days after that, in the little church where I was attending at the time, they used to (coughs) say, if you've got a word from God, stand up and give it. Stand up and give it. And I stood up and I didn't know what I was going to say this particular time. I just stood up and stood there. And then I began to sense something coming on me. It was like a a power coming through, through my old being. And then I stood there and I began to realise that I'm thinking on my feet, which I could never have done before. And I was able to communicate something. And that has been increasing in my life over the years as as I've surrendered to God. And he's been faithful. Forty years in ministry and never had a salary started with nothing, but through this vessel, God was able to do good things. 
God takes the <coughs> people of the world, the ones who are not able to, or the weak things and the base things of the world, to despise or, or to confuse the wise. I can't remember the scripture. So the Holy Spirit is with us now. He has self-will. He has sensitivity. All these are the work of one the same Spirit. He gives them to each one, just as he determines. This is spiritual gifts. Jesus gives us spiritual gifts and he determines what gifts we receive. We don't get the gift that we want often. He'll give us the gift that he wants us to have. We should seek to know his will. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, all these are the work of the same spirit. He has sensitivity. <coughs> he will only go where he's invited. And we can grieve the Holy Spirit by our actions and thoughts. He will come into our lives when we open up and allow him to come into our hearts. But if we put the shutters up, we can grieve him. If we start focusing on negative things, we will grieve him. If God gives us a word, we start to think, is it God or is it me? Is it God or is it me? But God will only speak through faith. We have to, to realise that if God gives us a word, we speak it out in faith. And once we start speaking, the Holy Spirit will start to lead us. But if we come to the place where we say, I can't do it, only the, only the pastor, only the, the vicar or, or somebody in the, um, in the PCC, but God gives us all a gift to be able to do something that will build up the church. And we start to find that gift by operating in faith. He has sensitivity do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom we are sealed for the day of redemption. God only speaks to faith. God only speaks to faith because we can't do it in the flesh. We can't do what God wants us to do in the flesh. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus, when he came, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. And what God wants to do is bring us back to himself. Spiritual beings, that's what we were created as spiritual beings. Spirit, soul and body. But unfortunately, we were born spiritually dead. When Jesus sets us free, we become spiritually alive. And that is a growing process. And those who are willing to keep putting Christ first in their lives, will find God's purpose for them because he will reveal it to you. And he is faithful. And what he begins, he will finish. 
God always finishes what he begins. Conclusion. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and he will give you or make your paths straight. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. I want to encourage you to put your trust in Christ. God has something special for you, particularly in the coming year as we leave behind the past and try and focus on the things of God. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Let go and let God and be willing to move in the things of God. Be willing to trust him and something wonderful will happen in your life and in the life of the church. Don't go through rituals, but be willing to be free to move in the things of God and trust him when you speak to speak his word. As I was preparing this talk, I've gone through a real battle over the last three weeks since Andrew asked me to speak in this slot. But it is, has been a battle. And if we've got something to say for God, we will get hammered from the powers of darkness. But greater is he who is in us than him who is in the world. Shall we pray? Father, we thank and praise you for your love. We praise you, Lord, for the miracle of life. We praise you, Lord, for your love that comes to us through Christ and the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you're bringing us out of darkness into the glorious light. And Father, my desire this morning is that the people of God in this church at Barton and throughout the nation and the world will come to a knowledge of the miracle working power of the living God. We pray, Lord, that we'll come alive by your Spirit, coming Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. You're welcome in our lives, Lord. We want you. Without you, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. Lord, we can do nothing in ourselves, but with you all things are possible. Lord, I pray that through the difficulties that we're facing at the moment, you will cause us to rise up and have a love and a heart for those people out there who are suffering. We thank you, living God, that you are working your purposes out and causing a shaking that will break people down to come back to God. Our desire is, Lord, that our nation should come back to you. And Lord, with the new vicar and leadership, we pray that you'll take us forward as a united body to bring glory to you, to touch lives and see lives changed, people comforted and blessed and supplied with all their needs. And Father, as we stand and we commit our lives to you this morning, we pray that the power of your Holy Spirit will fill this place and fill our lives. Lord, if there's anyone this morning that needs your help, your healing, I pray by faith that you just touch them now 
at the place where it hurts, at the place of need. Holy Spirit, come, touch and heal, we pray, in the name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus, amen.